Do I think some players or, or a player won't go? Sure. Out of 22 teams, what is it, 16, 17 per team, give or take? Do I think there'll be at least one player? For sure, I think there will be, yeah. DJ and PK brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. There's Joe Ingles. He joined us earlier this morning for the Joe Ingles Show, which is brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. The math of it, uh, you probably can't argue with them. I mean, you could try, but there, there'll be somebody for some reason. Now, how many, how high profile will that impact the competition? I have read stuff that the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Bucks know they're chasing a championship and are expected to have the full complement of guys. The, the people who might not be there, the people who uh, have a concern or some type of health conflict are probably on other rosters. I can't spotlight for you who they are, but I, I suppose in, in circles closer to NBA players, maybe some of those names are known or suspected now. But, uh, well, let's take Aldridge because he had surgery. It's kind of a different deal. Now, Aldridge has been an all-star, and he's been a name in the league, but PK, they're, they're battling for the ninth spot, which they may not get. I think the odds are against them getting it just because there's so many teams battling for it. And then you got to win two games to get in to play uh, two games against the eighth seed to get into the regular playoff format. And then for all your trouble, you get the one seed. So Aldridge being there, I mean, I guess if you're a Spurs fan, okay, then it's a deal. But it's, it's, that's not really a deal for most of the country. Will it be a higher name, uh, a bigger name player than that? Somebody people really want to watch. But if it's not a Laker, Clipper, or a Buck, that those are the favorites for the championship, and and probably what really matters the most. I'm not concerned about it. I mean, if somebody wants to stay home, stay home. I don't know what the health risk is. I'm not a doctor by any stretch, but I mean, we look at the odds of their category of their age groups of them, you know, being de- dying is the ultimate uh, health risk. And I think that with everybody being where they're going to be, that will, I don't, I can't say it'll be eliminated, but I think it can be potentially greatly reduced, but that doesn't mean you don't have some other issues away from Orlando that are going to require your attention. And so that might be some stuff and who knows what that might be because it's an unusual situation to where you'll be in this location for a minimum of six weeks. And there might be something going on during that time that is going to require your attention. And it may be too, too difficult to commute wherever that might be. I think overall though, it's going to be an opportunity to move forward with the league. And I, and I think I've always believed that players want to play and you're just wired. They play pickup games in the Mm -hmm. summer, right? Because they want to, but you, in order to be at that level, and to put in all that time and all that effort to get where you are, it's got to be a labor of love at minimum. It may not be a labor at all, but at minimum, it's got to be some form of that. You really, really enjoy doing this because I don't think that you can just show up unless you really, really enjoy doing it. Now, I know people are going to scream Greg Ostertag, and I realize there are exceptions to whatever I say. There's going to be some form of exception. And there's a lot of people who play it because they're super tall and all that. I understand all that stuff. But to play it at a high level is a rare opportunity. And particularly for somebody like LeBron, I would think that LeBron is going to appreciate every time he steps out on the floor now because as you reach 35, 36, obviously your time is way less ahead of you than it was behind you. So that, to me, that increases your desire to want to play. So I think they're really looking forward to it. And plus, too, there was no closure 
And I think closure to this season, even if it's just in the form of being, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, there's a word out there. I can't think of it in terms of you're, you, it, it's just uh, symbolic, I guess, maybe even if it's just symbolic, you need some form of closure. And I think to look at all the Jordan stuff, how that dominated for five weeks. These guys love publicity too. And you're out there playing. It's going to dominate the news cycle, the sports news cycle, because it is something different and they're going to want to be a part of it. I think that's all true. And I think what you say about the publicity, the spotlight, even though there are times you hate it when you're in it, you got to take the bad with the good and all that stuff. The good outweighs the bad for the vast majority of players. And they, you, you don't do this unless you like it. I mean, you just don't. And so everything you say about how badly they want to play, how much they need to play, how when the, when the league shuts down, they're off for two or three weeks, they go to a vacation on whatever beach, whatever yacht, back home to see whatever family, whatever. And then they're back at it. And they go to places like L.A. and Houston, and large numbers of them congregate. And for the foreign players, uh, they have international competitions every summer. Uh, Joe Ingles, when he was on this morning, was talking about how much he's looking forward to the Olympics next year. You know, And he's got a whole team there, and they've been together over multiple cycles, and they play the World Championship, now the World Cup, and they play the Olympics. So there isn't, you got to have a little bit of downtime for your body, but when they don't have that, they're out on the court. And it's just the go-to, whether it's a pickup game in Houston or L.A. or some international tournament on whatever continent, they're craving it. So, And I think your point about closure is really strong. There, there's a certain rhythm to all of this, and you need the playoffs. And for most, most people, that means getting beat and failing on a big stage, and yet they need it. The only thing worse than that is not being in the playoffs in the first place. And we saw that in the statements from a couple teams who, okay, I get it. You can't take 30 teams down there and all 30 don't want to go. And you can't really take an odd number of teams down there. So, you know, the numbers 23 and 25 and 21 don't really work. So they settled on 22. And we saw statements. Well, we saw statements from uh, Jordan and, the, and Charlotte, but they weren't the only team that put one out there. But the closure thing, I think, is an important point. They, they need it. And even for the teams that are going to get beat in the first or second round, which is most of them, right? That'll be 12 of the 16, 12 of the 22 that go, but 12 of the 16 to make it to the playoffs. They need that. Yeah, they definitely do. And I think people like to express themselves in whatever form, manner that you express yourself. We're fortunate that we talk for four hours a day. That's a way to express yourself. Well, NBA players and a large portion of them, the way they express themselves is by playing ball. And this is an opportunity to express yourself. And so it is something that they're going to look forward to. It's unusual and clearly I wouldn't prefer it. And I don't think anybody would prefer it, but I actually have a level of anticipation for this because in a sense, it's, it's going to be like, I don't want to say a a glorified summer league, but it's going to be, a showcase of basketball. Look what we're doing. And I mean, I'm not naive enough to know that, well, I can't say, look what we're doing for you because they're doing, they're doing it for themselves and their wallets to a good degree. And I'm fine with that, man. Money is what makes it work. And that's, that's very important. And I don't deny anybody the opportunity to make as much money as they can. So that's extremely important. 
but I also think they're doing it uh, for us in a sense. Maybe that's not their goal, but it's the way I, I perceive it. It's a showcase of NBA basketball at a time that we don't normally do that. And yeah, there might be some different things and so forth, but as long as they're competing hard, that's really all that matters. You look at what, uh, who was it? Bud Selig started the, to see the driver behind the world baseball classic that they have. What do they have it every four years in March? Well, it's not really true baseball in terms of the pitchers. They're not going out there and expected to throw six, seven, eight innings. And then you turn it over to the pen, whatever it might be. But nevertheless, the guys that were there, understood okay the pitchers you know you're getting ready for the season so we're not going to go crazy here but when they were out there they were competing hard and it actually was something that if you're into it was worth watching because guys were competing hard and particularly in that case they're playing for the country here you know the jazz guys are going to be playing for the jazz they're going to be playing for gail miller they're going to be playing for us and the fans and so forth so if they're out there playing hard and it may be a little funky I get it, but they're still playing hard. That's the essence of competition, and that's going to draw me in. And it is something that years from now is going to be remembered. So I'm, I'm not exactly counting the days until it happens. I'm not going to go that far, but I certainly am anticipating it. And so I'm going to make sure if I take any time off between now and then that it doesn't start July 1st or July 31st. It's actually before, so we're ready to go. And it is going to be a level of excitement that I'm going to be watching. The league is going to be back. And I think players are going to take that same approach. So they're going to be excited. And if they're excited, I'm going to be excited. 50 days, seven weeks from tomorrow. I'm counting it down. You don't have to. I'll do it for you, PK. I'll do all the heavy lifting. Well, the time is going to, whether I count it down or I ignore it, the time will go by exactly the same rate. So I'm going to enjoy my life today. And then when we get to that in those 50 days, I'm going to be ready to go. And I like how Joe, one of the things he said was, we'll be ready. Because I'm interested to see what type of conditioning they're going to be and how it's going to prepare them to get ready for that. And it seems to me that he's taking it as if he were taking it the same exact way to the start of a season. And when the season starts and the ball's tossed up in the air and the records are kept, those guys, they're ready to go. And I actually think there'll be a sense of greater urgency because we know uh, in professional sports, these seasons are so long, particularly in basketball and baseball, and you can have a number of games and get yourself ready. You look at the Washington Nationals who won the World Series last year. They started 19 and 31. Can you believe that? 19 and 31. Well, then they go on and win the World Series. Now, if baseball ever gets its act together, you're going to know that in order to compete this year, you can't start 19 and 31. So the games are going to have a greater sense of urgency if you want to compete in any form of postseason because you won't have that many games to come back from like the Washington Nationals did. And then they go on and win the World Series after being, what is that, uh, 12 games under 500 after 50 games? That's a lot. And credit to them to do it. Well, now they're not going to be able to do that, so you can't afford to fall behind. And it's the same thing with the NBA. I could argue that there'll be a greater sense of urgency in game one because you've got these games, 
And you've got to be ready, man. I remember Hornacek used to talk about the last 10 games of the season. You really want to hone in. Well, that's exactly what we'll have from game one. We'll have the last eight games of the season. So there's not really a lot of time to get yourself ready. you got to be ready right from the start. I've, I, I can't guarantee this for sure. I've read some stuff that suggested that one of the reasons they're going down to Orlando July 7th and then not playing until the 31st, is there will be some scrimmages between teams. So that ought to up the quality of basketball when they get to those eight regular season games. And I think the Jazz have um, traditionally, and I use that in the smallest phrase possible, not going back 20 years, but just looking at Quinn Snyder's time, traditionally, you know, complex offense and, you know, it really it kind of has to flow. It's not, uh, it's not specific set plays the way it used to be, you know, 25 years ago. And so they've traditionally started slowly while they've kind of figured all of that out, which would be a problem. Because as you point out, there's only eight games. It's into playoffs. You know, you could go down there as the Jazz go down there in fourth place, and in 12 games you could be done, right? You play the eight regular season games, four playoff games. If you get swept, you're done in 12. Certainly you could be done in 13 or 14 games. But this team started faster than most Jazz teams. We can go back and look up some really bad starts, but this team was 4-1. and one. It was 8-3. and three. It was 11-5. and five. So if you're thinking how quickly can the Jazz restart – well, you, the Bogdanovich issue, you know, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But that aside, you know, this group started the season pretty quickly, so it ought to be able to restart pretty quickly here if they can figure out how to replace Bogdanovich because he had some really big games early in the year. I'm looking at it now. He, they beat Milwaukee, right? And he had the game-winning shot. Well, he had 33 points in that game. So that, that's a lot to replace. Uh, but if they figure that out, it's not that this was a slow-starting team. Oh, no, not at all. And when you look at these guys, so many of them have stuff to prove. You don't think Conley wants to show these guys, hey, I'm ready to go and I'm going to kick butt here because he had an up and down season. He's had injuries. He had inconsistency. It wasn't what uh, to the level that I'm sure that he wanted. Well, now forget about all that. You know, it's like the 19 and 31 start. You win the World Series, every single player in the history of the game. If you can win the World Series and start 19 and 31, would you take it? Every single person would say absolutely yes. So if Conley can come out and just ball out in August, and who cares what happened in November and December and then his injuries, it won't matter. And then you look at Rudy and Donovan. All right, guys, man. What's it going to be? Your relationship was unsalvageable. That was the big word a few weeks back, right? Unsalvageable. Well, go out there and surprise us. Shock the world, so to speak. And you got to remember that unsalvageable. You're going to laugh about that. I guarantee you, if they have great success in the postseason, they'll laugh at the unsalvageable. They already do. They already do. Guarantee you. They already laugh about that. From social media to some of the Zoom conferences, they don't mind working in the word unsalvageable any more than they mind working in the phrase three-hour practice. That There is a level of humor to that, guaranteed. Right. You got Clarkson, who's an impending free agent. Doesn't he want to play and play well? Plus, you got some young guys who are still trying to make their mark. So, And that's just one team with the team that we're focused on. But I could go down the list and list something for every team, probably, right? Certainly I could. But as far as the team that we follow and the team that we care about, our listeners care about, I just named two or three storylines 
that are going to be really important. And it's going to be something that they're going to want to prove to everybody, to themselves and to the world. Yes, this is what we're about. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. When we come back, we catch you up to date on all the stuff we've been talking about during this show. Stay with us. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Detroit Tigers selected Arizona State slugger Spencer Torkelson with the first overall selection in the 2020 Major League Baseball draft. He played first base at ASU, expected to make the move to third base in the Tiger organization. Rob Manfred, MLB commissioner, says he's 100% sure there will be a baseball season this year. Major League Soccer announced they'll resume their season July 8th in Orlando with a 2016 World Cup-like tournament. RSL, one of the top six seeds in the draw. You'll find out today at 1.30 who else is in their group. The PGA Tour season is resuming this morning. The Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial Country Club. The PGA Tour back in action in Fort Worth, Texas with 16 of the top 20 players in the money list playing, although Tiger Woods is not. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Zero Res. A clean home is a healthy home, and right now Zero Res is cleaning carpets for $33 per room. Plus, schedule three rooms and they'll clean your fourth for free. Call Zero Res today to schedule your cleaning at 801-288-9376. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Are you going to be able to leave for the birth of the child? Well, we planned it really well that the pandemic would hit and we'd, the season would get pushed back three months, then we'd start again, and then we're actually due in the end of November. So uh, I think the, the last possible game of, I think they said game seven of the NBA Finals would be like middle of October or something like that. So, yeah, we planned it really well timing-wise. So regardless, I'll be with Renee at that time, um, even if we do play in December and, and go back early. There's Joe Ingles. He was on with us earlier this morning. He's actually on at 7.45, and now, PK, we're getting people like, why was Joe on so early? I missed him. I... Well, he, Joe's in his workout time now. Explain to us he was on his way in, and that was why he did it. So, workout first, talking to DJ and PK second. So, yeah. the November thing, though, I was kind of curious about that, and the timing will work out well for them, and... Uh, yeah, I guess they had the Olympics to plan around already, so to a certain degree, they kind of had their summer mapped out, and so that November date, there there shouldn't be a conflict with the uh, with whatever, as Joe said, whatever it happens in Orlando, because I guess if you get knocked out in the first round, you would be done about Labor Day, and then if you go to the end of the finals, you're into October, possibly to the twelfth for a game seven. But either way, the November date, pretty well beyond that, as he pointed out. Yeah, he had said that originally that the due date was in November, so I didn't think that was an issue. Uh, I don't know how you you plan passion for me. Passion just happens. (laughs) And then let me just say, I'll just leave it at this. It happens a lot, but that's that's, that's my situation here. But he has actually the last three weeks, he's come on before 8 o'clock. When you were gone one week, he came on at 745 
And so this is the this is the new Joe Ingles time uh, to be able to come on. He wants to do it before the practicing and the workouts and stuff. So when? this is. I can add one thing to this. The workouts the Jazz are doing, obviously there's only a certain amount of players that can be in the facility, so they have to schedule out when they are going. So I'm at the mercy of when Joe is scheduled to be at the facility working out. Yeah, and Joe is an early morning guy. He's he's out of that many times over. If you miss Joe and you want to hear the whole conversation, you can go to 1280thezone.com. Every hour of every show is there. A lot of the key interviews are pulled out. If you just want to hit those, you can get them. But they're all there at 1280thezone.com. And wherever you get your podcasts, uh, every hour of every show available. So you you can time shift any show you want to match your schedule, whatever you want to hear. And that doesn't matter whether it's uh, Stitcher, iTunes. Where else? Where else are we, Yach? Google Podcasts, Spotify. Just search out DJ and PK in the morning, and it'll be right there. You can hear whatever you want. And Joe's up at 1280thezone.com right now if you want to go listen right there. So we talked to him. Any other takeaways from the conversation with Joe you want to pass along to the people? Of course he would be excited to play in the Olympics because most likely this is going to be his last Olympics. I don't know that he'll be able to be in Olympics at – Uh, what, 36, 37 years old? Maybe, maybe he would. I'm not going to rule it out, but obviously he has to factor that in, as I think all foreign players have to. I mean, that's part of the deal is they come with a lot of national pride because there's far fewer players from whatever given country that is going to be a part of it. And I've often wondered, too, if you really had them in the actual moment of truth, which would they prefer to win, an Olympic title a gold medal, obviously, or the NBA title, you know, what would it be? Uh, I'd probably get different answers for different folks, obviously. I think for a lot you get Olympics, though. I think think the national pride. I think also, and I think it's because, um, you know, the talent level and they can't, basically, is that if you're on a champion to a certain degree when you're a role player, you know, and and Dirk Nowitzki's an outlier, right, because he was the guy on the championship team. But... I think they're asked. I think a lot of international players are asked to carry a bigger load for their 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 country than they are for their NBA team, and so I think winning becomes more important, in part because you're asked to be a more important part of that. You've just got a bigger role. Makes sense. Yeah, uh, but well, as we see, the foreign influence is growing. And mm-hmm. it's becoming greater and greater. And I mean, there's a fair amount of role players who are foreign-born, but obviously the Greek freak is not one of them. And so I think we're going to actually see that more. And Doncic is not going to be one of them. I mean, he's already only at 20 years of age. It's just <laughs> an the, incredible story, yeah. yeah. To, it would be interesting it, to hear what they said. But I guess even going back to Nowitzki, as hard as it was for him to win a title, and you know they, they were a one seed, the loss to an eight, they had you know high-profile failures and all that, then they got the title. It would have been even harder for him in, to win uh, in Germany. And he still would have been the guy, obviously, but he would have had less talent around him. You know, the talent gap between Germany, I mean, Germany's not even a top European team. You know, it's, it's Italy, it's Spain, it's France. It's, you know, Germany's way down the list. Yeah, and you're going up against the Americans. And the Americans will never lose the Olympic gold in my lifetime. There it is. Joe would be 36 for the next Olympics, I think. So, 
Yeah, what are they going to do? Are they going to have it in three years? Or are they going to? I think they'll get... go back on their schedule. I would assume. I'd, I'd assume that this is just kind of a one-off. You know that they'll they'll they're planning on hosting it. It was supposed to be this year. They're planning on moving it to 2021. But I think you know all the contracts, all the construction dates, all the, the rest of the international calendar. I think they'll be back in 2024. I mean, maybe they'll announce something different. But I, I assume that it'll be three years till the next one. Yeah. Okay. All right, so other stuff we have talked about in addition to Joe joining us, uh, you know, the real, you know, sports news. Now it gets blown up to be a bigger deal, but uh, the Major League Baseball draft last night and continues tonight. Uh, they only did one round last night. It's rounds two through five, I think, tonight. And the golf, normally the Colonial just be another tour, but because it's the first one in 13 weeks and it's today, and because the draft, there was nothing else on last night, the draft becomes a bigger deal. Uh, ASU first baseman Spencer Torkelson drafted, expected to move to third base for the Tigers. Your Sun Devils, the number one pick, and this is the fourth time it's happened. Look at ASU can you, go. Can you name the four? Uh, Rick Monday was one of them, wasn't he? He literally was the first one when they instituted the draft. I was going to say, he was, he was the, the first. first overall pick ever. Yeah. They so put, they always put, have that distinction. They, I couldn't have done it yesterday. If I can do it now, it's only because the graphic went up on TV last night and I saw the four. And I know one of them kind of surprised me. It was kind of um, – it wasn't someone I thought. Um, I knew Bonds wasn't a number one, and when he went up there, they made a big deal of it. I didn't remember what number he was. You did. It was six. Yes. Um, but there was another player semi-recently that threw me off. Who was it? Well, the one it's, – it's been since like 81, 82, and it was Bob Horner. Bob Horner. Yeah, okay. And who's the other yeah. one? I'm missing. I'm missing uh, one more. A, a pitcher by the name of Floyd Bannister. Yes, Floyd Bannister. I think he, I want to say White Sox, but I'd have to look it up. I'm not sure. Yeah. But when I was growing up, Horner was a few years older than I was. Uh-huh. But, but oh my gosh, was he the legend in the yeah. Valley. Uh, Bob Horner in Phoenix was, relative to baseball, was like when I was in California working at the Daily Breeze and Tiger was coming up because he was a, or, uh, down there in Cyprus, right? And so if you followed sports at all, you'd heard about Tiger at 12, 13, 14, 15, all that stuff. It's the same thing on a much low, smaller scale, obviously. But Horner was all that and just went right to ASU and didn't miss a beat and then was the number one pick. Had a halfway decent career with the Braves. Never played. I think Ted Turner wanted to send him to the minors once or something. And Because he did go, he went straight. He was drafted in June, because that's when the draft is, and he went straight to the Braves. Played with Dale Murphy. We've had Dale on talk about Bob Horner, and I've told him how Horner was the ultimate baseball god when I was a kid in the Valley. ASU had an assistant baseball coach who got hired as UC Santa Barbara's uh, head coach, and I knew him pretty well. Actually, still friends with him on social media. And he would go on and on about the greatness of Bob Horner. Not just the player, although he did love the player, but he also loved the person. I mean, he was, he was all of that. He was all about, I don't, I don't know if Bob Horner knows it, but and he, had a, he had an elite-level PR guy working for him in Santa Barbara. The one that surprised me was that Reggie Jackson wasn't a number one pick. I remember when the graphic went up, I thought, ah, I thought Reggie would have been, but he was number two, actually. So, Oh, who was number one? That begs the question. Uh, a high school catcher 
the Mets took Steve Chilcott. And yes, I looked it up because <laughs> I had no idea. Did he make the bigs? I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, if he did, uh, let's see. First overall pick. Uh, messed his shoulder up at second base, diving back on a pickoff move, dislocated his shoulder, end his seasons, plagued by injuries, never made it past AAA. Ah. So, don't dive into a bag head first. Mess up your shoulder, mess up your swing, never the same. Your fingers, uh, who knows? I mean, Vance Law, when he coached at BYU and played in the big leagues, as did his father. And once he told me he hated, he wanted to ban the head first slide. Uh, because of the uh, possibilities of injury that could occur. And we've seen that. I think Trout had that. Didn't he miss a uh, significant portion a couple seasons ago doing that very thing? Don't do it. Don't do it. It's not worth it. It was his thumb, I think, that yeah. Yeah. surgery. It better be, yeah. If you're doing that, it better be Game 7 of the World Series because <laughs> the risk-reward is, is massive. All bets are off in that situation. Yeah. All right, and then the golf today. Uh, the Colonial, uh, Tony Finau, 12-17 tee time. Zach Blair is actually getting underway in less than two hours, 11-22. And Keith Clearwater, because he won it in 1987, is still in this tournament. He tees off at 1 o'clock. So three local guys, 16 of the top 20. No Tiger Woods, but live sports. Talk at sports is going to lead with golf highlights Saturday and Sunday night. Yeah, I think Phil's already out there. I've been trying to look at the leaderboard. Uh, 50 year well not quite 50 years old I think he's 50 years old uh, a week from uh, yesterday I think I'll look I think his birthday's I think his birthday's the it's 17th here, yeah yeah he turns 50 and so he was out there I saw some stuff on him practicing yesterday so yeah I would think those guys would just be jacked man to play golf I mean, come on and, and yeah no fans but you know, I think a lot of them were used to it way back when there wasn't fans. They'd probably want the fans there because who doesn't want to be cheered on and rooted on for? And usually you get a few people out there who can be negative, but most of the PGA people, fans anyway, all it is is you're just cheering for them for uh, three or four days. Everybody wants to see the putt go in. There's no, there's no groans of disappointment when a long putt goes in. Everybody, regardless of the player, wants to see the long putt go in. They all go nuts. Yeah, and it seems like whoever is the, going to be the winner on a given Sunday, they become the crowd favorite. And obviously, if it's Tiger or Phil, even more so. But still, you can appreciate whoever wins a golf tournament. Phil's birthday is Tuesday. He turns 50 on Tuesday. So what do you get the guy who has everything? Uh, the U.S. Open. Bada-bing. hey Don't think he's going to get that. No, I don't think so either. Had the chances. A lot of runner-up, but... Still an awesome career, but that, that one looks like it's going to elude him. Yeah. All right, other stuff we talked about. This is just a, this is a story that would get no run if we were in the NBA Finals, but we're not, and it's a traditional sports story. But Phil, Phillip Rivers, the former Charger quarterback, now a Colts quarterback, says that uh, talked about how aggravated he was with the criticism a year ago. Yes, he threw some picks. Yes, he made some mistakes. Honestly, if you followed his whole career, turnovers are the bugaboo. He's always done that. Now, is he doing it more because he's slipping? How much has he got left for the Colts? But you always like guys with a chip on their shoulder. He's going to have a chip on, their sh- on his shoulder. He's reuniting with a uh, coach and a system he's familiar with because Frank Reich's a coach there and he'd been a coordinator earlier for the Chargers. So they got a relationship. And the division doesn't have an awesome team in it. 
Um, you know, Tennessee obviously had it going at the end of last year. Will they be able to continue it? Uh, Jacksonville isn't very good. Uh, Houston's had some good teams, but, you know, they, they made a curious move dealing away their star wide receiver. So, hey, why not the Colts to win the division? We get surprises every year. That would only qualify as a mild surprise, I would think. Yeah, because I'm real hesitant of Tennessee, of these guys who come in. I don't want to say Tannehill came out of nowhere, but it's not like he's been a consistent player in this league for a quarterback, and he has the one big season, and they go ahead and give him the contract. Just seems like that that that's a little dangerous to me because I want a track record before I start anointing people. So, yeah, I don't think there's a superpower in that division. Tennessee was good, and Houston's been decent for a number of years. They haven't been able to get over the hump, but they've been decent. So if Rivers can come out and still show that he has something. I mean, the problem, though, between uh, – practices it's going to be really really difficult driving from san diego to indianapolis every day you know because we know we know we know he did that up to up north from san diego but that's a long drive wouldn't you say yes but he has sold the san diego house the san diego real estate is gone and he's relocated to the florida panhandle just across the state line from alabama where they've got family and extended family okay well i drive so. from florida then it's going to be long. Is he, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's going to be doing that PK. is he the guy who's already got the high school job lined up correct yeah he's going to coach his son got the whole thing planned out yeah and those types of things are risky you know what do you do there you look at denver all right, they did it with Peyton Manning, and it paid off. Obviously, it paid off. They had a really good defense when Manning was yep. right at the end. But since he left, I mean, it's been one struggle after another. So you wonder, I guess maybe, you know, Elway, if you ask him, would you take the Super Bowl for how many years now have they struggled since the Super Bowl? Five. Four, five. Yeah. I was, I was going to say they had four good years with Manning, uh, two Super Bowl trips, one win, one loss. They got blown out by Seattle. It's a 43 yes. to eight or something like that. That was terrible. Yeah. But still, they were in two Super Bowls. It was a good run. Uh, but it has been, it's been bad since then. I mean, it's, it's been bad to the point that the, autom- the automaticness of Bronco games on Channel 2 was challenged at the end of last year. I think there were three games we didn't show late in the season. Uh, sometimes with good results, sometimes with bad, depending on what other game is on there. But it's, uh, it's, it's four years. 9-7, uh, and 5-11, and 6-10, and 7-9. So one winning season at 9-7, and seven, and they didn't go to the playoffs, and then three straight losing seasons. Right, so it's a little bit of a gamble here that the Colts have decided to take. See how it pays off. Now, if you get to the Super Bowl and you win it, well, then it's worth it. Um, but, you know, you wonder if it's going to set them back long term because I have no idea what their plan is down the line, nor do I know how much Rivers has left. Does he have one season, two seasons, three seasons? I mean, who knows? I was listening to uh, Warren Moon talk about how he expect Brady and Breeze to have arm strength drop off because he was said he was speaking from experience and how that situation played out for him as he got older. He noticed the lack of arm strength that he had had earlier when he was in his prime. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't still be effective depending on what level of arm strength you're losing and what's going to happen with Rivers. So that's, you know, as I said, so many times there's storylines and storylines is what keeps us interested. The competition and the storylines are what keep me coming back for more. 
Well, we got golf today. We got the draft tonight. We'll have the NFL soon enough. But uh, we got a little something. All right, DJ PK, that's the stuff we've been talking about all morning long, and it is brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram in Sandy. Find your deals online at lhmdeals.com. When we come back, your feedback, and there's one big topic we haven't hit yet that we hit, and my gosh, has it generated a lot of interest. We will get to that next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Feedback of the day is brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. All right, PK, earlier you asked the best TV mom, the most motherly of all the moms. And when you're looking for someone who's motherly, it might be an aunt, it might be a grandma, it might be a mom. Who is it? Search far and wide. Leave no sitcom or drama unturned. And I got to say, the, the moms and the dramas, nothing nearly shut out. Almost nothing from them. It was all sitcom moms. Sitcom mom after sitcom mom. We had one yeah. sentence that I would completely agree with on the drama side, though. And that is? Tammy Taylor from Friday, Friday Night, Night Lights. Lights. I'm looking at it right now. She's applauding in the stands with the look, and she's looking over at somebody. I don't know that show, so I can't. Sometimes you in the show, you know. Show. Oh, really? Yes. Is that, is that have, next on the binge watch? I have all of the DVDs if you need them. <laughs> oh, well. It's actually the... That's, it's, that's it's so 2006. I know. It thanks is, for offering. It's legitimately the one series that I actually own on DVD. How many episodes are there? There's five seasons. Okay, so, so it's about 100, 110 yeah, probably. episodes probably, yeah. So you have all 110? Yes, I do. But you can wow. find them, you can find them streaming now too. I got Netflix. Will that work? I believe so, but it's on one of those streaming services, I'm sure. <laughs> all right, Friday night lights. Before the game started, I get back to watching sports all the time cuz once we get there, it's going to be nonstop. We're going to have the most compacted season that you could possibly have. Uh, it says here 76 episodes. They must have had some partial seasons in there. If this is right, it's not as many. But still. All right. Something to remember. Uh, PK, your favorite. You didn't give us your favorite moms. We got, we got a lot of uh, Edith Bunker getting gifts, getting uh, tweets here. People are loving Edith Bunker. Uh, she was a dingbat, though. <laughs> Literally. Thanks, Archie. <laughs> the movies, we asked about movies, and we got Terry Gar from Mr. Mom. Michael Keaton or Terry Gar? It's a toss-up, and it's the epic scene where uh, the boss comes to pick her up. Uh, I'm going to rewire it. Uh, you going to do 220? 220, 221, whatever it takes. <laughs> Classic and line. I once interviewed Terry Gar at her home. I had her number, and I called her up. And I interviewed her over the phone from her home. About what? About a movie that she was doing. When I moved to California, I wasn't initially doing sports. And I was doing a lot of different things. And so I got put on this deal. They were filming a movie down in the South Bay. And I interviewed her. I interviewed her over the phone. And she was real ditzy and flirty. And I interviewed John Lithgow in person. Right, that I went to where they were doing the movie, and I was off to the side when he was he was in a 
like a delicatessen and he was playing a scene and I was behind the camera, obviously. And then I sat with him afterward in one of those director's chairs and he sat in one and I sat in one and I interviewed him and he was a great interview and he was a big baseball fan. I used to see him when I would be, I never, I never, I wasn't the beat writer for the Dodgers, but they had so many games that they would have vacation relief. And so I would go in there and you'd see him in a press box hanging out and he had season tickets. So he was around in the Dodger games a lot. Just got a new nominee, Ellen Griswold. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that uh, that that's a crazy one, but I guess you got to put that one up there. Uh, we did get a second nominee for Olivia Walton from the Walton's huge Shasta trailer well before Yacht's time, but I go to Olivia Walton, and somebody about an hour ago uh, tweeted Olivia Walton at us, too. So. But I think you've got to have Mrs. C in there, too, don't you? We did get a nominee, and it came after the segment we did on this. It was kind of a short segment because uh, we went a long time with Joe, and then Bowler was coming up. We had a segment a little after 8 o'clock, and then somewhere around 9 o'clock, someone did tweet at us, Mrs. Cunningham, Mrs. C from Happy Days. Yeah. Marge Simpson. No question. Marge Simpson's getting a lot of run. I haven't totaled all of these up, but she might be the first person to get a half dozen nominations. She's nominations. not a person. <laughs> <laughs> she might be the first cartoon person. She's a real man. I've seen her. Don't deny it. The Golden Girls uh, grandma is getting a lot of shout-outs, too. A lot of people see the comedy there. Okay. <laughs> Don't want to hear it. It's like, okay, fine. How about Christine on Coach? No nominations for Christine. Nothing. Not a peep. I mean, because Coach, Hayden, he, he was a tough guy to manage sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Total knucklehead. Uh, Lois from Malcolm in the Middle getting some uh, getting some nominees. Yeah, and, sure. And more people uh, for Marie from Everybody's Everybody Loves Raymond, which you won't really come clean, but I think that's your personal favorite. Uh, her, Peg, Wilma. <laughs> Wilma's not real. She's a cartoon. <laughs> all right. We, all the other stuff, the, the only other feedback we got the whole rest of the day that wasn't that was about how come Joe's on so early in the morning. It's his workout schedule. And as you pointed out, that's not brand new. He's, he's been doing that for a few weeks now. So, yeah. Workouts first, radio second. And, you know, the good thing about Wilma is you're not spending a lot of money in shoes. Good point. Nice. Yeah. A lot of barefoot. <laughs> Riding the dinosaur barefoot. <laughs> exactly. All right, DJ PK, we're out of time. Coming up next, it's Hans and Scotty right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.